All right, welcome back. Second episode of me and 563. We actually made it back to the sequel of the first episode. A lot of good feedback, so thanks very much. And you're all very, very kind to 563, and you haven't scared them off. So um, <laughs> thank you for that. But yeah, how are you doing? Doing good, man. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm glad I didn't scare people away. <laughs> so the pilot episode seemed to be a success. Um, we must have talked some some sense at least i think a little bit and all that <laughs> rambling hopefully there's a little bit of helpful bits for people yeah so the first episode was basically on our information diet how we process the weird and wonderful scattered world of many shiny things in crypto and DeFi. so if you want to listen to that uh i'll leave it below but you should be able to quite easily find it you know kind of everything done for you so um but this one we've been Going back and forth, 563's did a recent recent article on Rainmaker, and I think it was quite brought up a couple of times in our last episode that we wanted to just get into, I suppose it's account abstraction, but it's probably going to be a whole kind of anything that lends itself well to the next wave of onboarding, ease of use, account abstraction, and all that kind of good stuff. So um, yeah, I suppose we can get into it. We've got some notes again. If people like the notes, we'll leave them in the description below, but yeah, what have you been? What have you been finding five six three on on this? Because it's I know it's a topic what we've touched on on here and like separate to the conversation, but it's a it's an area of keen interest, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Just understanding that DeFi in its current state is just way too difficult for the average person to navigate. I mean, we kind of take it for granted, just the madness that we deal with day in and day out, just transaction after transaction confirmation on MetaMask and onboarding and all that. Those. Uh, this trouble. So we'll get into it. But um, yeah, account abstractions, just one huge innovation that's coming. And um, I'm excited about it. I know you are too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the rain, the rainmaker article, I've, I've got the app. I've the past couple of days, I've just tried to download as many mobile friendly apps that I can get my hands on that are one mobile first and two, trying to do away with the whole right year seed phrase down and you know the, the arduous process that comes with that and i actually we had someone on from zengo they're a mobile first wallet who they're an mpc well i know we're going to get into like mpcs and stuff later but the initial sign up process as you just said if you try and think back to when you first initially did it it's ridiculously stressful <laughs> you probably have really really bad opsec and it's still your seed phrase is probably sat in a place that it shouldn't be like how have we got so far on on so little <laughs> i know yeah it's really amazing i mean we're able to navigate these just because of trial and error and hopefully not losing all of our money but yeah it's it's got to get better for people to adopt these things mm -hmm. so the the kind of i suppose i can put my understanding of the phrase account abstraction but i don't think it needs to be as technical as it might sound or as it's like we've obviously got this thing in this space where we'd like to just go jargon heavy on absolutely everything yeah. <laughs> so account abstraction but i suppose i can give you my my take on the matter and it's the way i think about it and the way i look at it and from from what i've seen a, mo a lot smarter people than me say is it's kind of abstracting away the complexities of the stuff that we take for granted as hobbyists in this space, whether that be 
really bad UI, really bad UX, really difficult onboarding stuff that we just put up with. So it's like, again, abstracting away all the complexities of actually interacting with a blockchain or even getting to a point where you don't necessarily know that you're using the underlying technology of distributed systems or blockchain or, or whatever whatever the hell it is. So yeah, what what would you say your kind of high-level take on, or even just on that term of uh, account abstraction would be? Yeah, it's all about removing all of the complexities that underlie all these things. Like it, Originally, if you wanted to interact with the blockchain, you had to actually write code and, and submit smart contracts. And then the next level of that is having a wallet that does that for you with like a MetaMask wallet. And then one level above that is where we're getting now with account abstraction, where it's taking out even more of the complexities, but still leaving you the self custody of your wallet. Um, it's just simplifying the process further. That's just that's what abstraction means. It's taking up another level and trying to simplify it for you. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm that old, but <laughs> I do remember the first time we got a computer at home. And Ask Jeeves was kind of, <laughs> one of one of the main apps in Yahoo. And I'm surprised Ask Jeeves hasn't come back with all the chat GPT. You could have like a real conversation <laughs> with Jeeves. Oh my god, maybe that's what it. That's, maybe that's what it is. Jeeves reborn. Yeah. <laughs> Jeeves <is sensitive> Bio... <laughs> but I do. I do always remember it. It looking awful, and you know the the experience of it was completely terrible and like you've got to think still to this day even like the uis of ebay and even amazon to a degree are still pretty pretty poor i know amazon ux is like extremely well thought out like one click checkout and stuff like that which might have connotations to something we chat about later but the early days of the the internet it's particularly when it hit the dot-com bubble if you look at look back at some of the kind of headlines around that time, it was it's like this is a fad, this isn't gonna this isn't gonna last. Where are the business models? And it was like real businesses versus internet businesses, and it was like there was so much disconnect. And now, if you look at Fang, it's it's took it yeah, it's took it like the propping up the S and P. It's like it's absolutely crazy how it's kind of all played out, but. It, do you think we get too far ahead of ourselves thinking that that could be like a possibility? Like where do you, where do you think about where we were from the, the old internet to where we are now? And do you think there's a, there's a path forward to having what we know and love now being as mainstay as your kind of top five big tech companies effectively? Just in uh, terms of crypto doing that. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of time. People are looking at crypto in its nascent stages now, and they're arguing, like, why isn't it bigger? Why isn't it easier to use? It's just, it just takes time. And I think as we'll get into it, I think account abstraction is going to simplify a lot of things. I mean, early days of the internet, same idea. It's terrible, hard to use, but the potential is there. And that's kind of the same thing we're seeing with crypto now. It's just starting to become a little easier for users to adopt and Hopefully that just opens the flood floodgates. Yeah, and I think I think inherently with new technology, particularly software, and you can look at it, specific types of hardware as well. Usually, finance is one of the initial innovations of any kind of thing that takes a world by storm because the the stakes are so high 
Right. And if there is any edge to be defined, finance is probably the most kind of easy way to kind of carve that edge out with using that technology. Like if it was for purely for artists, for example, or whatever, like I think it makes sense for technology to pursue quicker in like a financial industry because the stakes are so high. So I think that's why we pop it <laughs> sometimes trying to over financialize every kind of product that comes on the market, like for friend tech and stuff like that. But I think yeah, that's probably why the industry moves that way. Yeah. It's the easiest way to make a business case if you're pitching it to investors, right? It's just, Hmm. finance i mean money begets money and <laughs> it's the easiest way to sell that to investors i mean how are you gonna sell investors on these monkey pictures making money it's a little harder to sell <laughs> we managed it last, last cycle <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> right so what, what what kind of accounts and what kind of wallets do we currently have on ethereum so from my understanding we've got eoas or externally owned accounts and now what the kind of shift that we hope to see tend towards a kind of abstraction with smart contract wallets. So is there any points that you want to kind of bring up on those? Yeah, sure. So an EOA is, is that's like your standard uh, MetaMask wallet or Ravi wallet. It's just what you're, what you're used to these days. It's just a, a standard wallet. And then in that case, you own the keys for that wallet. And then for a smart contract wallet, you own the keys to a smart contract that owns a wallet. So that smart contract is what you're able to apply some logic to. And that's where all the innovation comes with these account abstraction wallets is because you can apply some logic, some more capability to this account abstraction wallet that owns that seed phrase. Yeah, so about as far as you're going to get with your MetaMask, Rabi, whatever people are using this th these days. I know a lot of people are saying that Rabi is like really, really good, but if it's still under the basket of an externally owned account or an EOA, you're basically limited to transactions and right. like in its in its most like nascent form. And some some points of I only I only realized this when we did a long well, I spent a weekend doing a long form piece on Radix and I was supposed to be actually out over that weekend. That's how sad I am. But I just got <laughs> into this rabbit hole of learning how cross shard consensus and how a different type of like they've got their script or code base and stuff like that and how that actually works. So what I'm trying to get about in a round, roundabout way here is EOAs have the license to perform the most basic of basic transaction. And the basic of basic transaction is updating balances on a ledger. So an ERC20 token is effectively a contract. You don't actually have tokens sat in your wallet. You have a representative balance of who owns what specific token, if it's been bought, if it's been sold, and like the checks and balances between that. So that's that's as good as you're going to get. As 563 touched upon slightly, there, there is logic that can be built into these new smart contract wallets, whether that be taking it from a state where it's literally just sending transactions, or maybe with a smart contract wallet, you might be able to program in things like subscription services or pay at a specific checkpoint or bundle up transactions which we're going to get into in a second but you know i think we're going to look back on how we use metamask and rabi and your trust wallet and things like that in two or three years and just think how the hell did we actually come yeah. up with this and i think it's because we're we're like if we're still around now and if you're listening to this now you obviously you're in this space for the kind of right reasons because there's no money here at the minute no, <laughs> and i think we bad. just put up with it 
<laughs> so I think we put up with it because we, uh, you know, we're tinkerers, we're hobbyists, and we kind of want to see what's actually happening. But I think we'll look back in a couple of years and think, shit, what the, what the hell were we up to there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully fondly. I mean, hopefully there's some good memories there. <laughs> yeah, when uh, I remember there was a time when I think it's, it's a MetaMask RPC and Fura went down. And everyone oh, literally yeah. thought they'd lost everything. <laughs> it was like, no, it's just it's so bad. <laughs> uh, or I mean, like that moment of panic when you load up your D bank and it's only like half your balance oh, shows up. Don't, don't. don't do that. <laughs> it just stops supporting something for a second, and it's, yeah, just looks like you lose half your net worth. You love that. <laughs> Yeah, I was listening to there's an account abstraction talk at DevCon, and I think someone is explaining it. They try to use an analogy of like EOAs being kind of Bitcoin and smart contract wallets being Ethereum, but I oh, think sure. that was a bit too. Yeah, it was, it was good, but if you're listening from this coming in cold, I think the easiest way to describe it would be EOAs have got us to the point where kind of BlackBerry and BlackBerry Messenger got us to. So it was kind of a pivotal game changer. And then Smart contract wallets could be thought of as when the iPhone came onto onto the screen and kind of had its app store and all that kind of good stuff. So I think it just changes the whole dynamic of WhatsApp player. And the, pro- the problem I think we've had for such a long time now, and this is why we get so many persistent forks and minimal iterations and new branding just slapped on top of stuff. And it looks like, a, I think I've said this before, the Taco Bell, like Devise the Taco Bell <laughs> recipe where there's only... <laughs> like eight ingredients but that comes down that comes down to infrastructure there's like only a certain amount of moves you can make on the board with the with the chips you've got at play effectively so i think opening it up with smart contract wallets with additional points of logic as you've mentioned is at least opens the developer landscape up and increases the kind of possibilities of what's actually happened so we might get away from this Taco Bell and move on to something like a, a Domino's or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple more tools in the tool belt is always good. So, yeah, let's get into it. So there's been a few EIPs that have tried to lean into account abstraction. I can't remember the numbers off the top of my head, but this has been a long time long time coming. I think the Argent team and the Gnosis team have, have always been semi semi close to these. Vitalik's proposed a few, and the most recent one that looks like it's gaining traction is ERC at EIP four three three seven. So have you have you looked into this much at all or yeah yeah I mean um we can talk start talking through the strategies or the capabilities if you want. Uh it's pretty exciting. I I did dug into these a lot for Rainmaker, but a lot of them are Perfect. common throughout a lot of these uh, different account abstraction wallets. So I guess the big one off the bat is these one click strategies you can have. Uh, what they can do is they can bundle transactions and what they change them from is the series of transactions they that is all bundled into one they call it a user operation so a user operation could be like i want to go farm on this random farm somewhere so you, you press go and the logic behind the smart contract or behind this wallet will take your eth swap it for whatever two tokens you want bridge it over to some new chain uh, deposit into this farm and then stake it all in one user operation. So that's a huge benefit because you don't have to click accept uh, transaction confirmation every single step of the way. 
you don't have to do eight of those. And then it's all atomic. So you're not going to be stuck halfway through one of these operations with some worthless farm tokens that aren't doing anything. Uh, <laughs> you'll be from point A to point B, and it'll all be one operation and it all works behind the scenes. So it's really exciting. Um, like we were talking about with Rainmaker, you can it's it's fun going from farm to farm with just one click, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, so have you tried any of these uh, strategies yet? So what what's funny about this is if you think about what is possible with EOAs and your MetaMask, and obviously you have things like Zappa. Yeah. And that's kind of like like at the at the app layer as our smart contract wallets. But again, it feels like we've just shoehorned that capability in with not so flexible tech on like the EOA front. So right. having stuff like this is like such like such a godsend. But every single time if I'm performing any swap on Uniswap, I'm like, this is really, really, really painful. And then they've just implemented the new steps where it's approve, approve how many the token balance, sign, and then a swap. I understand why they're doing it for like security reasons, but I just want to sell a shit coin. Yeah. Please just let <laughs> me do it. <laughs> yeah, and then you don't realize your token has a tax. Like, why isn't it going through? Then <laughs> <laughs> there. And if we think about, like, that's kind of like in our echo chamber, I suppose, of who's left. But if you think about, I want to get into this a little bit later as well, but if you have, imagine friend tech on MetaMask, Right, right. And I know you can import the wallet and shit like that, but you're never, ever, ever gonna get these OnlyFans girls or the next big like disclosure. We're on there, like there was a couple of YouTube guys. There's no way they are setting up their MetaMask, remembering the seed phrase, writing it down, storing it correctly, uploading ETH on, even if they're using MoonPay to that's integrated with MetaMask. Somehow figuring out how to bridge that to to base, <laughs> yeah. and then doing whatever they need to do. There's no way that's happening, and then all okay. the checks and balances with signs and approvals that go on with that never happen in a million years. Yeah, ever. I mean, if, if you try to <laughs> onboard somebody new to to crypto, and it's like, why do I have to keep signing the same transaction over and over? Uh, it's just tough to get over that hump, and it's just. One less hump you have to get over with these uh, these strategies, these one-click strategies. Yeah. So the with the with the bundling, did you have a look at? So I suppose if one transaction doesn't go through, it just completely reverts, and like you're not as you say, you're not yeah. stuck with worthless. Um, I need to have a little look at a little bit in depth look of how that actually works. But I suppose you've seen some examples of it kind yeah. of siloed off so like your yield box um i think gelato have something similar where there's multiple transactions happening in in one instance effectively atomically so like a yield box example would be if you're on abracadabra or tapioca where you have if you want to deposit it in but you want to then borrow against that in say usd zero and then reloop it a couple of times the yield, yield box is effectively like a one-click strategy that enable that looping and that leverage to be gained from that so this is kind of just taking that to the extreme example of 
yeah, yield box does that for leverage, but this right. is for whatever transactions need to be directed towards. It's kind of not all in this siloed black box, which is licensed, by the way. You can't just use right. yield box. You have to, it's like under a business license. Hence why Tapioca have a <laughs> secret weapon up their sleeve. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, with AA Wallace, yeah, like we were talking about user, oper user operations. So they can define what a user operation is. So it's, you can think of it basically like a little roll up. So it'll bundle a bunch of transactions into like a mempool and then submit all of those at once. Um, so that way you kind of minimize gas too, because you can kind of bundle those together. Um, but yeah, either it's fill or kill. So either it goes through all of it or none of it goes through. Um, so that's kind of nice little peace of mind. So one of the next points is gasless transactions. So when we had Lewis from Gelato on, I, don't, I really don't think people realize the extent of how interconnected Gelato is with name of every DAP on the planet. But yeah. um, so they have, they have an option. I think it's a few lines of code out of the box gasless transactions where if you were doing an NFT mint, for example, you could kind of sponsor the transaction. And when people say gasless, there still has to obviously be a fee paid because <laughs> transactions yeah. have to be submitted. But um, what have you found when you've been looking at gasless transactions? Is there anything like really, really that stands out? Is there any use cases you potentially see? Yeah, so with uh, with smart wallets, you can, instead of designating yourself as this, the one who pays the gas, you can designate a smart contract. And that's called a paymaster contract. So you can designate whether that's some, um, let's say Coinbase wants to make a, a account abstraction wallet so they can just sponsor transactions. Or maybe the app you're using wants to incentivize people to use that app so they'll sponsor the transaction. And yeah, that's how it works. So you can specify a contract to pay the gas on behalf of you as opposed to you paying the gas. So uh, you can you see it as like an incentivization to use a certain DAP or product. Maybe someone wants to make trading fee or free for new users or something. I can see it as being pretty popular going forward as a way to incentivize new users and kind of break down that friction that you have right now on chain. I wonder if there's a way for, I was thinking about this the other day, the, cause obviously there's quite a lot of on-chain gambling and kind of pseudo on-chain with, with all a bit, we all know that's centralized, but I wonder if there's a, there's a type of contract that you could use with account abstraction that, cause the way I'm thinking about it, the main way that actual real world gambling sites entice people is they'll say, like one hour before the football starts, they'll say like Lionel Messi to have a shot on target, which is always going to happen. <laughs> free, um, risk-free ten-pound bet. So effectively, it's an enticing way to get people to deposit into the whole casino, and then yeah. they know money stays in the casino at the end of it. But there was a way for like these DeFi-oriented gambling projects to be say, right, he's a ten ten-dollar risk-free bet on anything. Oh, we could sponsor the transaction, like. They should be looking at this kind of thing and trying to implement implement it a little bit more clearly. And I know the Thales guys, if you want to listen to that interview we had with them recently, they're certainly looking at all this. They're certainly looking at account kind of abstraction, um, integrating kind of mobile first payments because they know like they can't just serve the however many thousand people are left in this space. They have to go and tap into like the real world market. And the way right. that you do that is you make it as simple and as easy and as 
you know as tangible as and familiar as possible i think so there's a there's a million and one ways i can kind of see this the whole gasless transaction thing playing out yeah and i, I think uniswap x is even doing that so if someone is submitting a bid to fill your transaction to your fill your swap they can sponsor the transaction fee too so you don't even have ah, to hold nice. ether in your wallet in order to do in order to make swaps on uniswap x in theory so that's kind of where we're starting to go where like so if you're bridging over to a uh, to avalanche you don't have to hold avax in your wallet so it's pretty big because i remember <laughs> using my first uh, polygon wallet and being like why can't i do anything what's gas it's like it's a big hurdle for one it was for me anyway yeah 100 percent. see if you pro tip if you're ever stuck and you've got usdc or whatever with any any asset on chain and you're like shit i don't have any if i'm not going to go buy someone centralized exchange and bridge it over if you just go to something like a cow swap or a matcher or Usually, if you try and swap USDC for ETH so you can actually have some gas, they have an RFQ system, so request for code system powered by 0x, and they'll actually let you pay the gas in the starting currency that you're using. So if it's USDC to ETH, that's cool. you can swap without having any gas available. It's kind of, you're trying to effectively swap into ETH to actually have some gas in this situation. But yeah, 0, 0x powered by matcha power by zero x allows you to do that so i always i'm always on there i'm trying to like, <laughs> do a transaction I'm like shit why haven't i left any heat for my wallet and then i just go to matcha and use that but um don't it's just funny. search for that in yeah. google oh yeah don't yeah, search that on google it's a go for yeah go for DeFi llama and then find the directory and then go to it that way <laughs> it was good good upside yeah it's crazy yeah but it's funny how it took that long to actually get there because it's a huge barrier for people to be like why can't i move this asset i own this asset so yeah anyway well you know you know when i was saying earlier that i downloaded like a load of wallets so yeah the the uniswap wallet like the mobile first first wallet so ui looks great looks looks a lot more user-friendly and then i look you can purchase <laughs> so you click on it you can purchase crypto like usdc eth and a couple of others but then if you're looking at that for the first time it's eth on optimism eth on arbitrum yeah. eth on base like and then it's usdc on optimism arbitrum base usdc bridge and it's just like whoa this is like <laughs> way too much and then instead of having a more seamless on-ramp with for ETH, there's a lot of kind of um, toggles and buttons and stuff on the on on the actual app itself, and then it just says like flat out, you need ETH to process a transaction. Okay. And it's like for an average user coming in cold, they're probably thinking, "What the fuck's ETH? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And why do I need it? Is and this feels a bit scammy, so." Like if anyone's gonna get that right, surely Uniswap needs to right. have gasless transactions. Surely, you would think. <laughs> of all people. Maybe this is where they're going with your point on Uniswap X, though. Yeah, maybe it's uh they're trying to make it a little more, a little easier for new people. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah, you can kind of see their own gameplay now. If they get that right, it's 
It's going to be game over, really, isn't it? For sure. Yeah. They're the king. Uh, did you want to get into NPC? Yes. So the only the only reference point I have for NPCs is Zengo Wallet and Uriel from from Zengo has been banging this drum for a very, very long time. Doesn't understand why seed phrases are still a thing. But uh, yeah, what have, what have you found on, on NPCs? Yeah, so MPC stands for multi-party computation. So it's a way to have still have your self-custody that you're used to with the seed phrase, but it's a way to kind of shard out your seed phrase uh, into a key share that you can control yourself. So just going through what Rainmaker does, they have this, uh, they call it a four-factor authentication. So uh, and you only need two of them to recover your, your wallet. So um, the first factor is just your simple email and password and a 2FA, um, and that's stored on Firebase. And then they have a local encrypted um, version. So you, you encrypt your, your seed phrase and you store it locally. And that's supposed to be like an easy way to recover. So you can store that in the cloud or however you want to store it, but it's encrypted. Uh, and then you have a phrase and a key pair that only you have an access access to. So that's kind of like what more, that's kind of what you're used to with the, the phrase and key pair. Um, and then they have this kind of cool, but optional onboard because uh, um, it's user, it's mobile first. So they have some on, on device biometric encryption encryption. So you can use like your, your facial scan or your fingerprint scan. And that's all encrypted through like your mobile app. So that's all on your, um, like iPhones uh, on Enclave, so you can't. No one can get access to that. Um, so it's all encrypted in there, but that's optional. So you can still recover your account if you lose one of these. You just have to have uh, two more, and it's a way to have a recoverable account without trusting a third party. So that's pretty exciting, where you can have this key share that you can control by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- I've seen a few of these. A few of these down pop up were Rainmaker, um, that Zengo wallet, Uniswap wallet to an extent as well. I haven't tried the Coinbase self custody wallet yet. I need to try that, but it just makes sense, right? Everyone's, well, I say that in a very privileged position, but a lot of people will have a, a smartphone that has some kind of biometric sign in now, which just makes complete sense. Yeah. Funny thing is, everyone's been crying about WorldCoin for the past however long, <laughs> <laughs> and we still do it every single time we it's sign a in. Little I sign in with my fair. face. <laughs> but yeah, it makes, as you say, it's if you're onboarding like a family friend who just wants to kind of purchase some Eve and have self custody over it, they don't want to have to deal with the hassle of having to remember this seed for it. Like, where did I put it? Oh shit, I uploaded. I took a photo of it on my. <laughs> iPhone and then I've just lost my iPhone now it's been hacked or I uploaded it and sent myself on Google and that's been hacked like the the level of kind of ease that it's making this for people to actually sign up now is is just stepping completely in the right direction um and there's there's companies like web3 off that are enabling kind of I don't know if you want to trust Google or or Apple with your <laughs> sign in credentials but you can sign in with a Google, a Twitter, a Facebook. Certainly, we won't trust with Facebook, but like we're we're moving in in the right direction now. So, I hate it when I sign up to any, if it, even if it's like like Streamyard, for example, what we're streaming on now, that is signing with Google. <laughs> if it's anything yeah. anything other than that, particularly for for work, I'm like I really can't be bothered to <laughs> fill all this in. <laughs> I know that's really lazy, but you know, just again, it's. Come back to our first point, it's reducing friction, 
and just enabling people to actually be able to get their hands dirty with it without getting extremely confused at the first hurdle, I think. Yeah, it's all about, like we said, breaking down barriers because it's um, in order to have this key recovery, I mean, in most use cases before this, you'd have to trust some centralized authority. Like I remember when Ledger just came out with their uh, very controversial key recovery and they announced that they always had this back door. I mean, that made me upset because that's not what I assumed <laughs> when I bought my ledger. Um, but if it was a way to do that without having some company have a backdoor to your your through funds and your assets, then I'm all for it because people don't like the idea of losing your keys and then you lose all your money because there's no recourse because mm -hmm. that's not what happens in the day to day life. Like if you lose your access to your bank, you can just call them up and verify your identity and get your access back. But you can't do that with crypto now. Um, so with MPC, there's a way to do this while not having to trust some centralized uh, authority. And there's some use cases where one of the key shards is uh, maybe you do trust one authority, like you trust Coinbase, yeah, they're not gonna do anything and they only have one key shard so they couldn't do anything anyway with just one, but maybe they could be one of those factors. I mean, that's not what Rainmaker does, but I've heard of other recovery methods that do trust some third parties that couldn't collude with some other third parties that have your other key shares. But there's a lot of opportunities there to kind of design how you would want to have an account recovery, who you want to trust and kind of dial it up or down depending on your, your tolerance there. Yeah, hundred percent. So the, I think a lot, a lot of talk around social recovery as well kind of feeds into these points where, yeah, you know, if if I wanted to kind of tr effectively trust five six three with one of my signers to, if I was prompted to actually try and recover my wallet because I, yeah, I'd, I'd lost my phone at sea or whatever it was, <laughs> then we'd <laughs> then you'd effectively be able to do it. Yeah, boating accident. <laughs> so we're definitely taking a step in the right direction. It's not all is lost if you know, you lose your seed phrase and you accidentally get logged out. And, you know, so we're definitely getting getting that. Or you could even have it, like your co-signer could effectively be your hardware device. Yeah. So you could actually just trust it with your with your ledger. You could put that just completely out the way, take that offline, you know. So like possibilities are becoming endless. The only thing I really get concerned about, but I know I shouldn't, but I know this is crypto, so... <laughs> Does this just add further complexity to it? So, and I don't know. Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, what I've seen is uh, this is kind of somewhat in the settings or whatever. So you don't have to necessarily interact with this if you don't care. Um, but I think people should still be prompted to set this up in case you lose your account. Um, I hope there's a delicate balance in between. Hopefully someone can still back up their account, even if they didn't take the trouble to set a lot of this up. Um, but yeah, there is, there's a balance there for sure. Because right now in our day-to-day -day, uh, EOA wallets, there is no recovery besides the seed phrase. And hopefully people using these MPC wallets get a little bit of added benefit if they actually use <laughs> they actually use these key shares. Um, so they just have to be prompted. And I think it'll just come with experience and getting used to these types of wallets. Yeah, so 
previously you had yourself to blame now you're gonna have yeah. yourself and your parents and your good friends to blame if you can't yeah. recover your <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah what if you get a what if you get some botox and it goes wrong and then you can't sign in because it's facial recognition <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> i suppose <laughs> i suppose it's a good way to prevent someone getting too drunk and like aping a shit coin that they drunkenly see on on twitter because they their facial recognition is not detected because they're too <laughs> <laughs> too drunk yeah this is just add another factor for a breathalyzer just to check your blood alcohol level <laughs> you know that's uh do you have you seen that zero x designer on on twitter or that um thor iverson like the way they create like a one funny design every every day like, no, maybe that's something that you, should, you should create yeah I'll, I'll send you the link it's, it's really good i think he does like <laughs> he did some like staked eve marital contract or something that he did. it was quite funny <laughs> oh i did see that yeah like as like a wedding present you can stake yeah. some that's pretty funny <laughs> but um yeah so moving in the right direction what uh so when i was doing just double checking the article before it went out some of the we maybe maybe mentioned this in the last episode, but some of the instant on ramps and off ramps are equally as important, I think. Um, so, what what have Rainmaker got, and is there any others that you found? Because I found a couple of others that I'm I'm quite interested by. Yeah, so a Rainmaker has quite a few actually. Um, I just bridge from like my MetaMask, but it's a lot easier for people that don't already have that set up. Um, you can uh, onboard from Coinbase Pay, so it's like the Coinbase app. If you have an account, you can just directly buy funds through your Coinbase account. Uh, they have Sardine, they have Bridge XYZ, which is going to be their main one, and then uh, uh, Koi. I don't know how to pronounce that one, but there's a bunch There's a bunch to onboard. So it makes it easier to buy. You can buy with your credit card, direct from your bank account. So whatever can break down barriers fast enough, then uh, I think is a, is a benefit. So I think Frentech already does that, right? Already have an yeah, they've just... Uh, I wonder who... I wonder who they've used for that to be honest i'm not sure you'd assume with you'd assume with close ties to coinbase and base it's got to have some connotation or some connection but the one that i've heard a lot of chatter about is this on ramper which is a fiat to crypto aggregator so oh, cool. depending on what currency you're starting with like if i don't know euro dollar I don't know, whatever for your currency. And then you effectively specify or the app will specify what asset is required to, to kind of land and start utilizing the app. So then that will then, when that transaction is, is processed, so it come directly from bank through to the destination and the asset that you're required to then perform the action. It'll just source the best and the most efficient and the cheapest route for that to kind of take place. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of on and off ramps still in operation. There's been a lot that kind of shut down and just closed the doors because of scares around regulation. Um, yeah. One that is really, really, really impressive and I really like the look of is Gnosis Pay. So obviously Gnosis Safe, one of the original smart contracts wallets. Um, I think it's just called Safe now, but they yeah. like they secure over like fifty eight billion in, <laughs> in crypto. Yeah, it's the awesome. largest multi sig. And and these guys have they announced that ETH 
at DevCon in uh, Bogota recently that they obviously they've nailed that product right. There's there's no no one come, no one's coming close to that. But they are now moving towards Gnosis Pay, which is effectively an on to on to off ramp payment system where if you've got an IBAN or your local like we have sort codes and account numbers in, in the UK or whatever people have in the US, each specific safe wallet is gonna have its own specific like banking IBAN or um what's the one big number or like so oh, it's gonna be kind of tailored to it. Yeah. So it's it's gonna be tailored to it. So you could directly on or off ramp or if you have that specific account number set up as like a, your direct debit, and then you enable like a session to an out, enable payments, you could effectively be paying from, I don't know, USDC or ETH into that specific um, direct debit or that specific kind of subscription plan that you've got set up. So it's just like this really, really simple and impressive kind of payment option, which makes effectively every wallet address on safe that opts in to have its own kind of connected account to it. So, and if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be those guys. So that's, that's a one to keep, keep a close eye on. That's cool. Super cool. Um, so we've got a few projects that we know are trying to implement different facets of this. Um, do you know anything on some of the, the directions that a couple of these that we've got listed uh, are taking or yeah, I've got a few points on them. So it's kind of interesting. So we've mostly talked about account abstraction wallets, but I'm seeing a lot of um, like roll apps and app specific layer twos trying to implement some level of account abstraction on their app level or on their chain level. So trying to abstract away any of the the hiccups, the hiccups that we've been talking about. So uh, I think Lyra with their V2, they're going to try gasless transactions um, and I think Hyperliquid and Avo might already have, uh, or and probably Rollbit too, uh, different ways to interact in the app without having to hit con confirm every single time. They just hit once, you hit one confirm for your sign-on for that uh, session, and then you're good to go. Um, so exciting to see some improvements from the UX side of things just on the, the app side too, not just on the, the wallet side. Yeah, I think I think Lyra will probably implement Infinex, which is a product coming out of the Synthetix right. camp. So I can't remember where the conversation is. I, if, I, if I can find it, I'll leave it in the description below. But so Infinex is is a new product that is effectively aimed purely at onboarding as many people to kind of synthetic ecosystem as physically possible from what I can gather. There's not much information on it, but from some of the conversations I've listened to, um, again, I'll try and dig them out. So apparently Kane, the the founder of Synthetics, is completely just sick of catering towards the same 10 people that are left in the space. So <laughs> they're trying to roll that out. And Lyra was effectively, a, I don't want to say a spin out, but they built on top of that. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely birthed from the whole synthetics ecosystem. So, right. um, putting kind of two and two together, I can imagine that's the root of where that will go. Um, and interestingly enough, Thales, who we mentioned prior, were the kind of binary options product and gambling sports book product that came out of synthetics as well. So, I can imagine they'll they'll be on board with that. Um, Hyperliquid and Vertex. 
So the new, I think personally, the the best two on-chain pubs platforms there are. Using them both quite quite a lot, quite frequently at the minute. Yeah, it's quite good. So, so that I think there's there is a tiny trade-off which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Whereas some stuff is executed off-chain, some stuff is on-chain. There is some kind of um what's the word if shit hits the fan then this happens <laughs> it's like yeah <laughs> across them both so uh but i'd really just like to see a lot of people go kind of balls to the wall on this and i'm hearing that i know the i know the guys from smiley so the new kind of Oh yeah, kind of gamma gamma swap competitor. They they're looking at MPC wallets. They're looking at because Privy Privy are the MPC wallet provider for Frentech. We've got Privy on the podcast Thursday, which if you're actually around, you <laughs> you should jump on. We can have oh, a chat cool. with them. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, I think they're gonna try and have a look at that. I'm hearing a lot behind the scenes. Developers really really interested by what's going on with Privy and a couple of other providers as well. So. You know, if, if the developers are happy about it, you know what the, those guys are like. They're just going to go on it, <laughs> implement it across the board. So, but honestly, I put a tweet out earlier. You know, it's like they people need to push towards mobile first or getting an application in the hands of as many people as possible. And I had someone drop into my messages who like, I really respect and like lean on their opinion an awful lot, and they must have heard like me or you speak or someone else speak previously just saying well is there any kind of like hard evidence for asia being mobile first and i was like um other than me living here for the past like nearly three years <laughs> and understanding that everyone is mobile first um whether that be the early days of kind of axie infinity or stepping or like whatever it is like the top DeFi applications in the space need to be starting to cater towards those kind of users. Right. Um, and if they don't, I think they'll just slowly get left behind for the, by those that kind of do cater towards them. So do you yeah, think I'm really, really happy to see us moving in this direction. Do you think that's why Frentech blew up? Because it was uh, mobile first? I think it was a mixture of that. And I think it was a mixture of how... Well, I'd say three things. One... Everyone was bored and wanted something to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, two, it had a lot of support from base. Um, and three, the onboarding experience coupled with it being mobile first was probably a, a really good move. Just to get, you know, how we were saying earlier, like these OnlyFans girls are not going to do it if they have to sign up to MetaMask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so a combination of a lot of things and the kind of right time to capture market attention. So, have you used have you used ZK Sync? Yeah, Starknet. Yeah, uh, I've used mostly ZK Sync just for farming, to be honest. <laughs> He's farming those airdrops. Yeah, yeah, it's probably gonna be like worth ten dollars by the time it actually drops. <laughs> so you're the culprit who's been sibling uh, <laughs> Stargate. <laughs> the um. So ZK Sync and Starknet have got, have kind of committed to having account abstraction at the kind of consensus or base layer, however you want to kind of phrase it. Um, and the real kind of drawback to EIP 
4337 is to get it lower than the application layer, it would require a hard fork. And I, I think like the Ethereum Foundation, aka Vitalik, is really against that happening. So right. I think for now, unless it's going to be on an L2, I don't foresee the time in the future where you do have a lot of account abstraction, smart contracts, wallets being purely based and being purely first-class citizen baked into directly into the L1. I think they will sit on the at the application level and always be kind of second to EOAs. Not in kind of adoption, but they will always have that over-reliance to them. Whereas what's impressive with Starknet and CK Sync is that they've both committed to kind of having their networks purely integrated with account abstraction. So obviously that opens the design space. Everyone hopes that these two take off properly. They haven't had the greatest start in the world, but it's nice yeah. to see that kind of kind of forward thinking nature and like projecting whether where the kind of space in the landscape will go, I think. Yeah, and I think it honestly might be okay because we're seeing a lot of these chains do it, like uh like on the OP super chain or whatever. That's where uh, Avo and Lyra are gonna live. So exactly. If, if you have your own chain, which is a lot easier now than it, it was a long time ago, because they have these rollups as, as a service services, um, just building these app specific chains. I think that's what um, uh, Hyperliquid did too, right? They're a, is that Cosmos? Um, but anyway, um, they their own chain. Yeah. Um, so I think that's fine. I, I think, however, you can get these AA features onto your app. Uh, you should just go for it however you can. Yeah, maybe that's this is why it's why I put it in bold. And if I was to, <laughs> it, it would be like that, you know, on Anchorman where it, he's like, I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> someone, leaves a, someone leaves a question at the end of it. <laughs> but I put it, I put it in bold in our notes because I, I sit when I was typing it out, I was like, yeah, it might be a problem, but then again with how many L2s there are now, and I don't think we've even seen the start of it. Right. Maybe you don't need it at, at the L1 level. Like, yeah, I mean, especially because Ethereum is going towards the whole roll-up centric roadmap. So maybe it's fine. Like these apps will live on a roll-up and this roll-up can be customized with some of these cool advanced features. So maybe it's fine. I don't think you necessarily yeah. need to have the Ethereum base layer have these features as long as the apps on top of them have the features. Yeah, it's going to be funny to see like the L1 as like this prehistoric dinosaur that <laughs> resembles like the slow nature and costly nature of kind of traditional finance why all these budding L2s have got like a shit ton of innovation and just doing all this wacky shit on top of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as the execution layer works and the settlement layer works, uh, that's all Ethereum has to be is the, the settlement layer. So yeah, I think it's fine. It's interesting to see all these rollups pop up. I think there's gonna be a lot more. We should do rollups one next. Sure. That'd be an interesting one. I remember Cryptopathic saying <laughs> in the last bull in the last bull run when gas was like five hundred dollars for a transaction. He was like, that is really bullish. <laughs> <laughs> and now it, it kind of makes, I get his point and I, I kind of got it at the time, but it, it makes a lot more sense now where he's saying it should be expensive. 
it should be expensive to transact on it. And he's like, that's a bullish thing. And like, it's slowly, slowly but surely becoming true. And well, I mean, you want block space <laughs> to be desirable, right? You want it to be valuable. Exactly. And that's what makes the chain valuable. You don't want blocks to go through without any transactions. I mean, that's like the opposite of what you want. So yeah, it, I get you what you're mentioning <laughs> Aptos or Sui. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not calling on anybody specifically. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've got a few points on when I think where I think the the shift could be impressive. So I suppose we can just riff on a couple of these. So yeah, so games, games is a big one. We've mentioned sessions prior to pre a couple of couple of touch points on sessions, and <laughs> if you think back to I don't know, your DeFi kingdoms of the world probably one of the games that had its its largest day in the sun but there's absolutely no way on earth you're getting a triple a rated game <laughs> no. and having a fucking approved transactions <laughs> for no, it. i mean you can think of these sessions like uh you got a game boy and you can you have to save before you you log off or you turn it off you just have to save your session uh, it's kind of the same thing i think that's that's a reasonable amount of user input you just log in Start the session, log out, terminate the session, you're good to go. That's exactly that's exactly how I see it happening. I mean, maybe with specific wallets, you might be able to kind of program how long you want the length. Like, hopefully, you actually don't need it for any longer than 24 hours, unless you unless it, if <laughs> we'll if you see. do, then it's a really good game and that's really bullish. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll see on that one. But yeah, enabling just kind of one click and go. That's it, it needs to happen, doesn't it? So that's and the only way to kind of do that currently, I think, would be taking a portion of that off chain, and then it's like, well, what are we right. actually doing here? Yeah. Then what's the what's even the point of crypto? You're just taking it all off chain. Yeah, and my other bolded point was Hero Vertex Hyperliquid all have a kind of deposit feature, which again, some of the execution is certainly handled off chain for, for a couple of those. It's like kind of this vertex, for example, is kind of a hybrid central limit order book. AMM execution can settle in like 0.2 seconds or some shit because Crazy. some portions of it are handled off chain and obviously <laughs> centralized databases are really, really quick. So, but again, if you could get everything to be as, not saying that Vertex need to improve anything because I think it they are is absolutely incredible and I think it's as close to a central ex, centralized exchange experience that you're gonna get whilst having self custody of your funds. But I think they'd certainly prefer if they had a wallet where that execution doesn't necessarily have to happen on chain or some like off chain. But you know any high frequency trading that's gonna be directly on chain. Um, I can imagine would love to kind of be able to benefit from this, even if it's just being able to, you know, as we mentioned previously, set the duration on the on the sessions and, you know, maybe en enable like the one-click trading and things like that as well. So I think HFT might benefit from it. We've touched upon social quite a bit. As I say, you're not getting... You're not getting your your band like your amazing bands that are on Spotify, like onboarding to friend tech whilst having to set up a, a MetaMask or creating music NFTs through through MetaMask. That's that's never gonna happen. And I know there's quite a lot of big advocates for music NFTs and I totally get it. Like ownership 
should certainly be as close to the creator as physically possible. And I think a lot of industries are like that, but music still seems to have stuck to its kind of incumbent ways. Right. And like, I mean, I think it's like 4K for a million listens on on Spotify. It's dreadful, yeah. (laughs) And then you have to pay like your 70% publisher and label fees, and then you've got five people in the band, then you've got tax. It's like, yeah, good luck making money that way. (laughs) So I think there is something there, but the infrastructure needs to be definitely account abstraction focused to enable it to happen because I certainly don't think it's going to happen through the onboarding process of MetaMask and EOS currently. So I'd like to see that take off um, something quite close to me, I think. so. But again, there's just a million and one things like payments, subscriptions, enable spending, session amounts, buy now, pay later. Um, so yeah, there's a million and one things that's going to enable. And I think it's, you know, can't come quick enough in my opinion. No, I agree. Yeah, if you can think of any any use case that would have a bunch of steps in order to get to a final goal, it can be made simpler with these types of uh, user wallets. It's a, yeah, it's night and day, really. Yeah, I w- I'm thinking if we can bring on any good guests. I know we can get the privy guys on. I wonder if there's, I've messaged Infinex, so I think they'll probably come on when they're ready. Oh, nice. But uh, maybe we can get someone from Starknet or Zika Sync on as well. Yeah, sounds good, man. Sweet. So what did we say we're going to do next time? Roll-ups? Yeah, sure. If anyone else has any ideas, feel free to let us know. Yeah, we can be flexible. If, there's, if, there's, if there is talking points that you'd like to hear me and 563 waffle over, then <laughs> just leave it in there. <laughs> we'll leave it, it in the comments. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, that's, that's been great. Um, thanks again for joining. And Anyone who's listening who enjoyed it, please go and send 563 some kind words so he comes back next week and I'm not <laughs> sat doing it by myself. <laughs> yeah, appreciate it, man. No, everyone's been really good. It's, a, it's, it's cool seeing all the support, so I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. All right, everyone. I take it easy and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>